we believe we can do better than we now do in healing anxiety and depression. Because we used to, and in some parts of the world, still do. And this is an urgent concern. Some are suffering the torments of hell. People are killing themselves. Unfortunately, the reader, if galvanized to act, cannot put down this book and easily proceed on their own. We might say, now go find a good professional. None use the approach outlined here. The current psychiatric and psychological professions are evidently, with their scientific model, not accomplishing the job. Now go find a self-help group. Group therapy can devolve into bullying. The previously abused are vulnerable to this. There can be dysfunctional groups as there can be dysfunctional families. Any group can include narcissists. The chickens have been lined up neatly in a row and all the foxes need to do is make the lunge. Now go and read the fairy tales for yourself. We discover that fairy, tailors, fairy tales are indeed designed to prevent anxiety and depression. Yet millions are reading them, or seeing them in their Disney versions, and are not getting much out of it. Now go to your local church, or read the Bible. Recall that the traditional term for what we now call mental illness was spirit possession, or spirit obsession. And what is one of the traditional signs of spirit possession? According to a Catholic exorcism manual, quote, Vehement aversion to God, the Most High Holy Name of Jesus, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the Saints, the Church, the Word of God, sacred things and rites, especially sacramental ones, and from sacred images. Narcissists are often drawn to a superficial commitment to religion for the sake of self-justification and camouflage, and they can then use a falsified version of religion as a weapon against their victims. This is a central issue in the New Testament. These are the hypocrites, the Pharisees. Quoting from Matthew, For they bind heavy burdens that are grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not lift a finger to help them. As a result, self-help groups have found that many melancholics have a fear of any reference to religion. Because they have been scapegoats, they are weighted down with false guilt. This puts them in a double bind. Not being themselves actually guilty of anything, they can never expiate that guilt or make amends. You cannot make amends for what you did not do. Guilt becomes part of their identity like Orson's furred skin in the fairy tale. They are likely to believe God hates them. The image is the one in um, The Wizard of Oz, where Dorothy sees painted on the sky, Surrender Dorothy. That's the melancholic's frightening image of God, often. One adult child of alcoholics testifies in ACA's Big Red Book, quote, I struggled a lot with the third step because I had confused my violent and shaming father with God. I thought God was a super powerful being living in the far reaches of outer space, keeping score of all my bad thoughts and actions. 
I had a getcha God who I believed would get me for my imperfect behavior. I gave up on God and told people I was an agnostic because it sounded cool. I lived my life in an endless cycle of harmful relationships, lost jobs, and lost friends. I could never be a friend, actually. I stopped getting into relationships to stop the pain. I had no choice. I was compulsive and getting more out of control with each passing year. When I came to ACA, I saw the third step and wanted no part of God. I worked step one and attended meeting. I tried to keep an open mind, but I was angry at God.